Today in the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the AEW Dynamite Wrestling Special, we could say, because it was called Winter is Coming. And last night, there were so many surprises. There were uh, a change of a championship, and it looks like AEW may be working with another promotion. That and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City. And this podcast, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, is a proud partner of Fanatics, your one-stop shop for jerseys of any type of sports. Now that we have the NFL going, the NBA is about to start, you guys could go to Fanatics and purchase your uh, football jersey, basketball jersey. Also, they have WWE products in there. They have uh, a Undertaker 16 by 20 authentic autograph signed by him in there. So you guys could check that out. If you guys go to my Twitter page, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report Twitter page, you'll see a link there that you could click and you will go check out, again, fanatics.com. Again, fanatics.com, a partner of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report and a partner of the Unhinged sports network unhingesn.com um also you guys go into that unhingesn.com support the other podcasters in there uh you got john tate show you got the jay dash show you have far uh far beyond the bench you got uh high sports talk if i'm not if i'm saying it right or not um we got different podcasters with different sports there that you guys could go and support not only just mine my my chokeslam wrestling report but you can support other podcasters in there and show them love um if you guys want to hear more of my other episodes of my chokeslam wrestling report you guys can go to the unhingedsn.com and click on the uh logo my logo there and you can hear any episode that you guys have missed and check it out so last night the aew dynamite winter is coming I mean, it started out with a bang with the uh, the AEW Diamond Ring Battle Royal, um, which the way they started, uh, it, it was cool. They had all the wrestlers surrounding the ring, and I guess they were all introduced by then. Um, but the Battle Royal, I mean, got very interesting. And in the beginning, as soon as the Battle Royals started, Sean Spears and Scorpio Sky were outside. They stood inside, outside the ring. They did not go in. They were kept staring each other from across the ring, outside the ring. So, uh, you know, MJF did a, a small promo before the Battle Royal. He said that MJF claims if he wins, the inner, wins, the whole inner circle wins. So, we all know it's all bullcrap. He's all for himself. So here was the order of all the wrestlers they got eliminated. Isaiah Cassidy was eliminated by Matt Hardy. A very surprising situation. I mean, they are building stories here as they go. Because 
I mean, they are preparing everything for next year. I mean, Matt Hardy, if you guys haven't been following the BTE show, Matt Hardy is now being uh, uh, featured as a pompous uh, wrestler who thinks that he's done everything in the business. Um, he always comes in uh, the BTE episode, always bragging what he did to the Young Bucks. So seeing him getting rid of one of the private party members, Isaiah Cassidy to get thrown down. I don't think Matt Quinn even saw when he got eliminated. But Matt Hardy was being just, uh, he had the old uh, ring gear, the one he used to be with his brother, the Hardy, uh, with Jeff Hardy, the old black gimmick shirt and everything. So it, it was it was, it was, was great to see stuff happening like this because that sets up storylines. And something that, you know, in the long run, you could see Matt Hardy turning on private party. So Isaiah Cassidy got eliminated by Matt Hardy. Sabretico got eliminated by Hangman. So he was another thing that was very, uh, surprising. Hangman was celebrating with Dark Order. This tells me that Hangman's page may be playing the Dark Order and may be turning on them. And then we'll have a Brody Lee versus Hangman feud down the line. Hangman... You know, right now he is a uh, island to himself because he don't have any allies right now. The uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are not with him anymore. Uh, Cody's doing his own thing. So him being part of Dark Order, he may join them, but I could see him uh, feuding with Brody Lee down the line. Um, so so again, he celebrated with um, with Dark Order. Um, also, there was a, a, a interesting situation because Sean Spears and Scorpio Scott finally went in the ring. Uh, Scorpio uh, uh, was stood right behind Sean Spears at the uh, Sean Spears was eliminated by Matt Seidel. Uh, and then throughout the match, if you guys watched the match last night, MJF. Sammy Guevara and Warlord were all sitting in the corner, just seeing everything, everybody fighting against each other. They were all covering each other in one corner. So while this all all going on, uh, again, uh, Sean Spear got eliminated by Scorpio Sky. Then you see Tony Blanchard sitting down in the crowd, in the seats down in the uh, where all the wrestlers sit at. He just got up, went and gave. Uh, Spears, the steel slugs that he put in his glove, he went by where this guy was standing at and just wallowed him. And he got eliminated uh, got eliminated because of Sean Spears, interfered by Warlord. Reynolds was eliminated. This is another thing that um, I don't think there was much, much of this, but Alex Reynolds got eliminated by John Silver because Matt Hardy pushed John Silver toward Reynolds while Reynolds was hanging from outside from the ropes and he landed on the on the outside floor then um silver then got eliminated by hardy then we had surprising this was surprising hangman page got eliminated by matt hardy so matt hardy was in here just eliminating everybody he was eliminated by everybody. uh sammy guerrara got eliminated by uh by orris cassidy um because um no, Sammy Guerrero, uh, no, actually, no, he didn't get eliminated because Orange Cassidy won the whole thing. But Sammy Guerrero, uh, I think they went outside, they were, they thought they were eliminated, but they were not outside. So Lee Johnson got eliminated by Miro, 
So remember, we went on a rampage. Remember, we eliminated Lee Johnson, Janella, Hardy, and Mark Quinn. And then they had a face-off between Warlord versus Miro. But it took all the whole uh, inner circle to eliminate Miro. It was a good matchup between Warlord and Miro. These two big, gigantic bulls going at it. And it was fun to see. So, I mean, most... I like watching Battle Royals because then you get to see wrestlers who you read, you know they, they not, may not wrestle down the line for a long time get to meet in the ring. Like the time when Brian Cage and Lance Archer were in the same ring, I think it was the Casino Royale for All Out. So, so that was a good matchup. So, so here we had the same thing with Warlow and Merrill. But at the end, the inner circle again got all together uh, and jumped um, Merrill. Now, let me remind you that Orish Cassidy was thrown down aside, but he was not thrown over the top rope. So he got attacked. I believe it was uh, Kip Sabian and, and Miro. Kip Sabian, I don't know who eliminated him because I know he got eliminated. I'm like confused. Who eliminated Kip Sabian? So we really don't know who Kip Sabian got eliminated by. But we know that Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy, so the last three were MJF, Sammy Guevara, uh, and Warlow. Against Jungle Boy. So now Jungle Boy is wrestling all these guys. So now Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy are on the top row. Here comes MJF and throws both of them out. He pushed he pushed Sammy Guevara off and that dragged Jungle Boy with him. So now it was Warlow and MJF and MJF is already claiming victory because you know Warlow is not gonna challenge him. Because you know the winner of this gets to wrestle the last two guys gets to wrestle each other uh, next week for the AEW Dynamite ring. So the end, uh, Warlow, um, remember that Orange Cassidy was still outside. He went and picked up Orange Cassidy back into the ring. He was going to throw him over, but he got orange punched by Orange Cassidy. He got thrown out of the ring, and Orange Cassidy ends up winning the whole thing. So now he's going to challenge uh, MJF, which in my, my head, they were like, okay, so if MJF and Orange Cassidy were the last two people standing there, they should have just had a face-off already for the ring. Why wait till next week? It didn't make no sense to me in that part. But it was interesting. The Battle Royal was interesting. Uh, there were, you could tell, already the storyline here was Matt Hardy. Miro had a great showing. You know what I'm saying? And I don't care what anybody says because, you know, it seems like there's more hate on AEW more than ever. People complaining, talking about Miro's not being used correctly. Okay, fine. Miro's not being used cor correctly. Maybe because they're building... To, for him to go to another storyline. He's not going to be with Cape Savior for the rest of his career in AEW. We know that. You know what I'm saying? This is just uh, an act. I think Merrill's going to go places next year. Um, but there's going to be a lot of storylines um, being built as time goes by. Because remember, we only got how many weeks left for the, for the year? You got uh, probably four more Dynamites, AEW Dynamites, before the year's over. So a lot of things can happen in you know, in four weeks. So, then they had the Chris Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian match. This match was uh, pretty much decent. It wasn't bad. But it was all to build the problems with the inner circle. Kazarian did a great showing. You know, because Kazarian at one point, um, put it this way. Jericho never leaves, comes to the room without his uh, inner circle guy. So, it, he had Hagen and Ortiz outside. And, hey, I mean, the beginning of the match, you had Kazarian, uh, <coughs> you know, and, and Jericho just, you know, pretty much chain wrestling, pretty much, um, you know, testing each other out until 
Ortiz. Um, pretty Hagan Ortiz uh, interfered in the match that led to Jericho hitting a cold breaker on Kazarian and pretty much started working on him. Kazarian hit a, a, capa- a capacitator from the top on Jericho, which was amazing for a guy who's almost 40 years old, and he had a two count on that. But then this interesting part was MJF came out with a white towel and Warlow. And it looks like MJF, because Kazarian had Jericho in a Boston Crab. And Ortiz was in the ring, and he was about to <coughs> slug Kazarian on the head with that sock that they used. But if he would have hit him, Jericho would have got disqualified. You see Hager telling Ortiz, get down, get down, get down. Don't hit him because you're going to disqualify Jericho. Notice how MJF comes out with the towel. And then... It, it looked like he was going to do the same thing he did to Cody Rose about a, a year a year ago. He threw in the white towel. He's going to do that. Sammy Guevara comes out of nowhere and stops MJF from throwing in the white towel. Uh, so then now they're arguing. All of a sudden, uh, the match continues, and Chris Jericho was able to hit his Judas effect on Cass, and Jericho wins. But the, uh, the inner circle problems continue because then you saw – these guys pushing each other. You had Hagel pushing Warlow, uh, MJF pushing Sammy Guevara, Ortiz pushing Sammy Guevara. I mean, MJF. And pretty much, Mr. Jericho said it. Next week, he said he's tired of the bullcrap and that he was not going to keep putting up. And next week, he said there's an ultimatum. Either they're going to work together or there will be no more inner circle. Interesting. Very interesting stuff um, for us to look forward to for the following week. So it looks like I'd rather have them break up the inner circle and, you know, and let Ortiz and Santana go on their own. Uh, Hager, let him go on his own. MJF and Warlord does not belong in there. I mean, they don't, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. I mean, I don't, I don't know. MJF and Warlord being there. And Warlord is the future. Warlord is a big dude, and, and I think he could be better off by himself. So they were interviewing the Young Bucks, and the Young Bucks told uh, the uh, TH2 that they're going to give them a sh- uh, an opportunity to beat them. And then they, if they beat them, they get a shot at the AEW Tag Team titles. All of a sudden, a team called Acclaim comes out. I've never seen these guys. Uh, I guess they're from Dark, uh, for AEW Dark. i never seen them. i got to start looking at that. Uh, and they, one guy comes in there, and he's uh, talking about about the book, about the Young Bucks looking at each other's uh, junk in the front cover of the day book. The guy starts rapping, and all of a sudden, TA2 attacks uh, the Young Bucks. So, and, and then Christopher Dane comes out, and Kazarian with a chair to help the Young Bucks. Now, I don't know who this acclaimed team is, but I'm going to go check them out this weekend. If I can, look at the AEW Dark matches from the last week, see what they're all about. Um, but it looks like more tag teams are going in. And now you, know, you still got to watch for FTR. FTR is still going to be a team to watch. And um, right now, um, it's just the tag team division is stacked. You know what I'm saying? And you still you can't sleep with a lot of tag teams. You got the top flights. That's a young tag team right there who proved they can hang with anybody. They can hang with the Young Bucks. They can hang out with TH2, with the private party, or any of those tag teams in there. But it's very interesting that the tag team division is growing. And um, 
you know, they, they too, they're putting too much emphasis into the attacking division. Maybe let's start working on the women's division. That needs help, too. So, okay, guys, stick around. I'll be right back with more. Today's Chokeslam Wrestling Report episode is presented by Purple Carrot. Purple Carrot is the plant-based subscription meal kit that makes it easy to cook irresistible meals to fuel your body. Each week, choose from an expansive and delicious menu of dinners, lunches, breakfast, and snack. Every box is an opportunity to learn and experience something new with easy recipes and fresh pre-portioned ingredients. No shopping, no food waste, just globally inspired restaurant quality plant-based meal. Get $30 off your first box by going to purplecarrot.com and entering the code potgo 30 at checkout today. That's potgo 30 for $30 off your first purple carrot box. Purple carrot, the easiest way to eat more plants. And we're back, guys. So we're going to go to the women's match that they had between Britt Baker versus Lila Hirsch. The, this match, I don't know if they were pretty much trying to enhance Britt Baker because Britt Baker, when she wrestles, it's like she does a no-sell. She still have, listen, I, I don't care what anybody says. Britt Baker needs to do more work with her wrestling skills. Her mic skills, her promos are very good. But as far as saying that you're the face of the women's division and you wrestle like that, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, so she fought Lila Hirsch. Lila Hirsch is a very talented wrestler. Um, she's very short. And the one thing that I said in the, the, the Minnesota is uh, Britt Baker had a height advantage, uh, advantage over her. Uh, and But um, Layla Hirsch has the wrestling skills, the, the, the ability to go far. But in this match, you pretty much saw uh, Britt Baker take advantage of Layla Hirsch because of her size. Not because of her wrestling skills, because of her size. And, but... Lila did not did not hesitate because at one point one point Lila hit uh Riva from outside with a two pistol Isida that had it looked like uh Riva hit her head on the railing, uh but it wasn't it, she didn't really get hurt like that, um. But Baker dominated this match. There's not many much we could say what she did. Uh, Lila hurts, KK distracted. Riva was distracting her. Uh, and at the end of the match, you know, um, she got called with the lockjaw, and Britt Baker wins the match. And first of all, Britt Baker threw a super kick, which it was terrible. I don't know what it was because that was the most garbage super kick I ever seen. Um, and it's funny because I'm talking to my boy Mike on the through text, and he's telling me, "Did you see the uh, super kick that Britt Baker did?" And of course, I was like a couple of seconds probably behind, but um, Britt Baker needs to work more on her wrestling skills because this woman cannot go on. And if you're gonna give her the belt, mm -mm, not 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 good at all. But I'm looking forward for her feud with Thunder Rosa because right after the match, uh, Britt Baker wins. Thunder Rosa just charges into the ring and starts brawling with with Britt Baker. These women are going at it. This is a a, a good feud to have. But again, Britt Baker needs. 
to work on her wrestling skill because Thunder Rosa will eat her up in that ring. Thunder Rosa is a beast in that ring. So um, Baker needs to work more on her wrestling skills. I mean, she's good with the mic, but that's not going to help you in the long run. So that's like Enzo. Enzo had a lot of great mic work, but when it came to the ring, he was garbage. He's still garbage. So, yes, I took a shot at Enzo. So the next match was Cody versus Cody and Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks and powerful powerhouse Hobbs or Will Hobbs, whatever you want to call him. Both teams started off wailing at each other and Cody and Darby took control of the match in the beginning. But the problem here was that Darby went and took the match outside with Ricky Starks. And when Ricky was able to catch Darby, he threw him toward like to the railing, and he did not see Will Hobbs, and Will Hobbs nearly decapitated. When I tell you, he almost decapitated Darby's head off outside the ring. It was tremendous. He did like a 360 with a clothesline that Hobbs hit him outside. Um, Hobbs was just ragdogging Darby throughout the whole match. They kept tagging in and out, and they were just taking care of Dar- uh, Darby. Uh, at one point, you had Hobbs grab Darby by his ears, and flinged him over his head. He he had tossed him. I mean, it was like he had tossed him over his head. It was it grabbed him by the ears. Out of all spit, this guy is powerful. Then Cody gets tagged in. Cody and uh, hits the cutter, and then on on Ricky's uh, Ricky Starks, and he took care of Will Hobbs. But then um, he hit the cutter. Then Darby hit the coffin drop. And on Stark for the win. So Cole, so this is the part I don't understand. If you're trying to make Team Taz a legit faction, why do these guys keep losing to Darby? And now Darby and Cody. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't get that. If you're going to make Team Taz look good, you're making them look like garbage right now. Okay? So after the match, Hobbs attacked Darby. But double late. Arn Anderson went into the ring to save Darby, which he looked a good hit, you know, doing his thing. But then he got attacked by Hobbs and Starks. Uh, then looks like Dustin Rhodes comes in. Um, then Brian Cage attacks Dustin. He gave him like a like a F five, and this was the part that I got so excited. And, I mean, I could probably say I was a mark for this. And probably because the person who came out, once the lights came out, I mean, I had guys from Unhinged Sports Network that I didn't even know they were watching wrestling were hitting me up talking about, did you see that? Sting popped out with a new um, entry, everything. I mean, the old Sting. I love the shirt he had on. He was promoting his shirt. I'm definitely going to get that. I don't care what anybody says. So, Stings comes out, uh, pulls out the black baseball bat, goes into the ring. He looks at Art Anderson first. Then he goes to Cody, then to Dustin, and then to Darby Allen. He looks both sides of Darby Allen with the paint. It was just an epic moment. And whoever didn't get goosebumps on this, you're not a real wrestling fan. Yeah, now, of course, the question everybody's going to be like, well, he's going to do it. He's 60 years old. He's old. But... Give it a damn chance. Okay? Give it a damn chance. And when it comes to Sting, no matter how old he is, it's epic. 
He did it at Survivor Series in 2014 when he popped out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting this. If this was Survivor Series six years later, it's the same thing. We, we know we let no people, hardly no people, but it it was epic moment. And if you thought that this was not an epic moment, something's wrong with you. You're not a wrestling fan. I'm sorry to say, you're not a wrestling fan. If you didn't find, you didn't get a little bit of goosebumps, like wow, this is cool. I mean, you don't get to see this in wrestling. Wrestling right now, as far as like I've been saying, is is not the same when I was growing up. Thing has changed. Everything's about high flying. Everything's about jumping, not selling, whatever. But this moment, this was epic. Now. The question I have is, what is going to be his story in AEW? He signed a multi-year deal, according to what Tony Khan said it last night. He signed a multi-year deal contract. Now, is he going to wrestle? Uh, if he does, it may be minimal. Or what is going to be his whole story in there? But that's the thing. If you're a wrestling fan, you'll sit down and wait and enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Guys like this, you know... Don't give you those goosebumps anymore. This is the old school, and they're not around anymore. This is from the Lex Luger's, Ric Flair, the R. Anderson, Tully Blanchard era, the Rick and Morton Midnight Express stuff. You don't see that no more. You don't get those. You do not get those goosebumps like you used to back in the day when you had a surprise guy. Now, is this what Tony Khan was saying about, oh, this is uh, we're talking to people? And I mean, the only ones I thought about it was, uh, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, was CM Punk who was still out there. Um, who else? I didn't know it was going to be Sting. I'm sure Tony Khan is not done. After tonight or last night? Mm-mm. He's not done at all because this show was tremendous. Um, then they had a Sheeta promo. I don't like what they're doing with Sheeta. Uh, I, I guess they are they, they're promoting Abaddon to be next week to wrestle. It looks like Abaddon is the next one online with Sheeta, but Sheeta now is coming out looking like she's scared. Like they're promoting Abaddon like this crazy. It's like they're putting her as the fiend, but the female version. I don't know if she is good as Bray Wyatt, but that's what they're doing. Um, but instead of a man, it's a female. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, if Abaddon beats Sheeta for the belt, I'll be very surprised because, I mean,. I would rather have the bell around Thunder Rosa, to be honest. John Moxley did the promo where he said he'll bislap the professional. He has bislapped the professional wrestling world, and it's true because a lot of people said once he left WWE, he was not going to be nobody. He's not going nowhere. This guy took over last year on the wrestling world. He was everywhere. He was in Japan. He wrestled the G1 Climax in Japan. He was in AEW. He had that big crazy match with Kenny Omega, the non-sanctioned match. He was in uh, Future Future Stars of Wrestling in Vegas and had a one-on-one confrontation with Killer Cross, where Killer Cross did some promo where he was calling out John Moxley. He did it all until he got he got the the uh, the injury in his elbow and that stopped the momentum. But you know it is true he does um, he did you know he did pretty good. Here's the part that was very interesting to see was. Impact Don Kylex in commentary again. And that led me to believe that the AEW is working with Impact. So, and it was more, more clear as the at night ended. So, the match, next match was the AEW World Title match versus Omega versus Moxley. Moxley was playing head games with Kenny. 
he took he took uh, the match to the outside. Kenny took the match to the outside, which was not smart. But Moxley, Moxley ended up suplexing him in the mat. Moxley and Kenny came going back and forth on the outside. Kenny went after Moxley's knee with a with a dragon screw leg sweep, and Omega started the offense working on the knee and putting him in a knee bar on Moxley. Moxley working on Kenny, put him in an STF hole as he was working on on Omega's neck. Moxley hit the paradigm shift. He brings in chairs. I do not know why he could have pinned Kenny here, but instead he brings two chairs. He opens them. He sits in one. Omega sits in one, and they start slapping each other. You know, and that, you know it kept going back and forth. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, I may, yeah, yeah. Kenny, Kenny, um, kept hitting him back. I mean, Moxley telling him hit him. He said hit me. Omega hits a V-trigger and a snap dragon suplex on Moxley. Moxley, in return, went and hit him with a King Kong Lariat. A paradise shift for a two-count. Again, he hit him with a second one. Uh, Moxley went to do a two-place suicide on the outside when Kenny was outside. And Moxley got caught mid-air with a big trigger from Kenny. Uh, then Kenny hit a drop kick uh, on, on Moxley. Moxley then went and hit a paradise shift again, a third one, on the heaters outside the ring. They had heaters around the ring because it was cold last night on the uh, on Jacksonville. There was 40 degrees. And um, it was crazy because then it looked like the match was going to get stopped because when uh, Moxley went and hit the paradigm shift on Omega outside, he landed by the heaters. I said, oh, my God, he got he either burned his back or then the referee kept saying that Something happened. Don Callis came out of his seat to check on on, on Kenny, and and look, I was like, "Wow, they're gonna stop a match like this?" I'm like, "This don't make no sense. This is would be horrible if this match gets stopped because Kenny got hurt, you know." And referees are checking. Mox is in the ring, going back and forth, and finally, uh, Don Callis goes to the other side of the stage when. Uh, Moxley Brony and Kenny Omega started pounding him on the head and whatnot. Don Callis grabs the mic and kept telling the referee, Oh, he's hurt. He's hurt. Moxley went then hits um Don Callis and then Omega grabs the the, the microphone that Callis had. Grabs the microphone that Callis threw in the ring when he got hit. He grabs the mic and hits Moxley in the middle of the forehead with the microphone, busting him wide open. And then uh, Omega went to work. Omega hit out about four sets of V-triggers on, on, on Moxley. He even caught him in the back of the neck. And then he one-wing angel, Omega, uh, one-wing angel by Omega. And one, two, three, and Kenny Omega is your new AEW world champion. But the crazy part is that Don Callis was involved in this. They ran to the back. They were running to the back. Because Don Callis just helped Kenny Omega win the world title. Not only that, Callis works for Impact Wrestling. So now these guys were running in the back. Everybody's rushing and everybody's screaming, Wow, Kenny, what you did, this and this and this and that. And they kept talking about this gentleman's agreement. There was no gentleman's agreement according to Kenny Omega. So pretty much Omega stole the belt. For Moxley, because that's what happened last night. They pretty much he stole the belt, and then uh, uh, Marvez caught up with Omega and Don Callis. He said, 
uh, what you guys are doing. He said, don't worry. Kenny Omega will explain on Tuesday. And Marvez said, yes, but we're on Wednesday. He said, trust me, Tuesday. What he was saying is, Omega is showing up at Impact Wrestling with the AEW title. That is amazing. Um, so, it, this is what they were talking about a couple of weeks. The shift is going to change. I have friends of mine talking about, oh, Kenta's showing up. That's the shift to change. Now, last night I had people talking about, oh, Omega's going to win the belt because the four horsemen are going to form. Now, I know what I'm talking about because people just come up with things that is not even in the storyline. They have that WWE mentality. And now, AEW is not going to go and give you four horsemen, boom, because they can't mention North Carolina. Now, it was this. Impact Wrestling and AEW are now in the working together. And Omega is going to show up with the AEW belt at Impact Wrestling probably this Tuesday. So, I guess we got to start watching Impact now. I mean, Impact needs the help because they are garbage right now. You know what I'm saying? Garbage. They got nothing going for themselves. So, well, we'll be right back after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Naked Nutrition. Naked Nutrition provides you with pure protein powders and supplements to help you meet your nutrition fitness goal. Naked Nutrition is completely transparent about the ingredients. That way you know exactly what's going into your body. No additives means your body gets what it needs. And I suggest you checking out the natural pre-workout supplement. So if you guys go into the gym early in the morning, you take the pre-workout supplement, it's going to give you all the energy in the world. It's going to make you um, perform to an athletic performance, design and enhance athletic performance. So with that being said, right now you could get 10% off your first purchase at NakedNutrition.com by using the code P-O-D, POD. That's 10% off using the code P-O-D for first-time customers. Take your nutrition to the next level with Naked Nutrition. And we're back, guys, and we're going to continue on with this AEW um dynamite review and we have more aew news that uh pretty much been coming in during the week um as you guys know um i mentioned Brody lee and uh, Brody lee has been absent for quite a while ever since his dog collar match with cody rhodes um i know i saw him in a uh aew unrestricted and he said uh I think he probably injured his neck because of the weight of the chain and all that. And he has not come back. But the way I'm looking at it is probably they're probably holding him on um, to probably continue the storyline with Hangman Page. As you guys will know, if you saw last night's Battle Royal, uh, when Hangman eliminated, um, I forgot who, let me see, who he eliminated that he... Uh, the, the Dark Orders was celebrating with him. He's eliminated Sir Practical. Now, it's not a big name that we could talk about here, but um, it, it, it was something for you guys to check it out because I, I keep saying I don't think a Hangman Page fits with the Dark Order, first of all. And second, I could see him feuding with Brody Lee. Remember, 
that in the summertime, um, Brody Lee pretty much offered um, Hammer Page an opportunity to join Dark Order, but he chose not to. And uh, as it turned out, there were tag team matches, and Brody Lee uh, pinned Hangman Page in one of those tag team matches over the summer where uh, Omega and, and Page were having issues as a tag team. So that alone right there tells you that uh, they may be letting Brody heal a little bit so he goes in there with Hangman Page because Hangman Page is he's a guy, even though you see him here, I mean, Brody may tower him, but uh, Hammond Page is not a slouch. This guy likes uh, that rough, tough, you know, that, 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 that New Japan style, um, strong style of wrestling. So that is something for you guys to watch. Uh, Tony Khan also mentioned that there's a possibility that they may have a six-man tag titles available for next year. Now, my thing is, how many six-man tags are you going to have how many six-man teams are you going to have? Because right now you have the Death Triangle. That's one. You may have the SCU. That's two. Um, unless you're going to put guys like maybe Miro, Kip Sabian with somebody. Or, I mean, TH2 could team up with Kip Sabian for six-man because they teamed up before in the past. I mean, if you're really considering that, that's not, I mean, Ring of Honor has a six-man tag. Uh, New Japan has the never open way six man tag, and that barely, that barely gets defended in six man action. I mean, right now, if you look at it, I don't even know who holds the six man tag for Ring of Honor. I know in New Japan, they have uh, the six man never open way champions, which is Ishii, Goto, and uh, Yoshiyashi. They are the champions there. You know, uh, Yoshiyashi first finally got a championship after all these years. He's been uh, underutilized, uh, another guy. But I mean, he's still got to work on his stuff, even though, you know, crazy. Um, and speaking about, uh, well, I mentioned Miro. Uh, Tony Khan says that WWE treated Miro like crap. Um, and this is after, um, I guess, fans were online talking about that Miro is not being used properly. And they got him in this storyline and this dumb stuff. And... You know, um, some people are not happy. Well, you know what? In a way, I'm not too happy either because they got him with Kip Sabian. I mean, it's, it, it was more of a pot shot at WWE when they put him as the best man. I don't even think they mentioned him as the best man anymore. Uh, and it was because of what happened a year ago, close to a year ago, with the Bobby Lashley Lana wedding, and he came out of a cake. So, AEW does things just to take shot at WWE. It doesn't help them at all, to be honest. But, Tony Khan has a point. They treated him like crap. Miro was known as Rusev and WWE, a dominating wrestler until he stepped in the ring with John Cena. John Cena killed him for the United States title uh, and WrestleMania. I don't remember what WrestleMania was, but after that, Miro went downhill. WWE tried to put him in some gimmick. Rusev Day, they thought that that was going to be some stupid gimmick that became popular. And WWE put up a stop to that because they figured, oh, well, we can't have this guy bigger than the company. Because WWE, that's what WWE does. And then they just treated him like crap. Meanwhile, his wife, his wife, went and figured, well, you, well, if you are um, 
not happy. I'm signing five years with WWE anyway. And she went and signed with him. And this is why she gets a lot, a lot of heat from wrestling fans because she did not support her man. Her man was not happy with the way they were treating him. And then the last probably uh, four months before he left, they had him in a stupid storyline where, where Bobby Lashley was making out with his wife. And just they just first they had him in a, in a Maria Canellas, Michael Canellas storyline where they were saying that Rusev was the father of Maria Canellas' kid. That's how low WWE went. And now let's forward almost a year later. He's an AEW. Yes, he may not be doing that great. And you know some WWE fans and WWE universe who were used to seeing, oh, they should put. He should be doing the same way he was in WWE now. That's why he's not in WWE now, because they shitted on him. You know? And, again, I don't care what anybody said. That's my opinion, and I see it. I see it that way. I mean, if from here a year now, they still have him where he is at now, then I can say AEW. Don't know what to do with him. But I see a lot of stuff from Merrill, especially after last night's showing. He eliminated about four or five guys. He had a square off with Warlow. And if you, again... And I keep saying it, if you're not excited about stuff like this, because, oh, the outcome, he's not going to win it. Who cares? It's a storylines, storylines, logic storylines. It's not stupidity storylines. You know what I'm saying? So for people to be complaining about stuff, you know, it's ridiculous. It's just they don't know when to stop. So. John Moxley, as you guys saw, and last night he lost his AEW world title. Well, he is the United States IWGP champion still, and it looks like he won't be at Wrestle Kingdom 15. And probably most likely he probably would have lost the belt to Omega, and maybe he probably would have went to Japan. But being that his wife, Renee Young, or whatever her name now is, uh, is pregnant, and he's not going to go to Japan. And travel all the way up there and be quarantined for 14, 15 days. And then wrestle, may lose the the IWGP belt and come back. Most likely he's going to lose the IWGP belt to Kenta. I mean, that's the way I've seen it. They probably want to get the belt get belt, the belt rid of him. So they don't have to worry about that belt because now that belt is not going to be at Wrestle Kingdom 15. And that's right now, Wrestle Kingdom 15, it doesn't look like there's a lot of match so far. The only matches. They announced for night one is Naido versus Ibushi for the IWGP belt. And then the winner of that goes against uh, Jay White on night two. So they haven't mentioned anything. That the World Tag League is still going on. I'm still trying to catch on to that. So many things because they're doing it with the Super Juniors one night. Super Junior one night World Tag League. All I can tell you right now is there's going to be a lot, a lot. From what I'm seeing. Uh, there's going to be a lot, a lot of uh, dissension in Bullet Club because they had watched a match between the Gorillas of Destiny against uh, Evil and uh, Yuhiro Takahashi. And uh, Dick Togo got involved in that match. He even took a swipe at, uh, uh, oh my God, who the, the, oh my God, who the manager of the, the Gorillas of Destiny. And, and the Gorillas Dusty ended up beating them, but you could tell that Evil, there's going to be a, 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 a split in the faction. And uh, let me put it this way. Um, 
Balak Pal, not Balak Pal, Tamatanga has been saying it online. The Phoenix is coming. And if you guys remember back about, let's say, 2016 or 2015, they had a shirt with the Phoenix uh, named Bullet Club. It was a red, white one logo. And to me, the way it looks like that's going to be, uh, the Phoenix is going to return. Most likely, it could be maybe Gallus and Anderson going back to New Japan and reforming the old crew against the new crew. Uh Jay White, um, I don't. Uh, he's the number one contender for the IWGP belt for both belts. Uh, it's gonna be interesting at the Wrestle Kingdom what's gonna happen with all this going on in New Japan. So, and next see, um, Impact. We already spoke to Simp Impact. The Cam uh, Shamrock is suspended supposedly. I don't know if it's K Fabe or not, but he's suspended for thirty days. Um, I don't know why he's suspended for 30 days, but it said it has something to do with him and uh, Sammy Callahan, I think, attacking somebody, and he got suspended, but Callahan didn't. And, of course, the we have, real quick, the, the stats. Last week, we had the Nielsen rating, where they said that NXT beat uh, AEW by 2,000 2, points, or uh, 2,000 fans. Turns out there was a stat correction and AEW and NXT were tied with 712,000 fans watching the show for both days. I, I don't know if that, you know, that even matters. Like, who cares? I really don't care anymore. AEW is the better brand to me. NXT, McMahon has killing that little by little. And then anybody says that that show is way better than AEW, something wrong. Because right now, AEW... And the last three three weeks or four weeks, it's been better. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and don't get me wrong. I like NXT, but they have staled that shit down to the to the bone. And it's because Big Man, you know, I don't know. Uh, I know that uh, they have new trainees. Alex Zane uh, joined uh, NXT. And I think Russ Taylor, who was part of the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh could be wrong because the guy looks just like Russ Taylor. I don't know if he signed with WWE NXT. He has joined NXT, so I don't know. I, I don't know why these guys and um, Xavier Desmond, also from the Rascals, they uh, he joined the new group of people in there. So, I uh, let me put it this way Russ's, I know that you guys know what you want, I know that you guys, your, your dreams to be in WWE. Right now, WWE is not the place to be. That is a, a career killer promotion right now. You go to NXT, they make you big, and then when you go to the main roster, they kill you. They don't, they push the same group of people in there. Same thing with the women's division. They, they put the same people. That Nia Jax should not be nowhere in that ring. That woman is horrible. Lana, Lana, Penny, Shayna Baszler in the tag team uh, this past Monday? Come on. And I don't know some some WWE I mean some wrestlers gotta really look at you know do you really want to go there and you know make an impact but when you know you're not gonna be able to make the impact because they're not gonna push you because the old man is out of touch him and Bruce Pritchard those guys they don't know what the fuck they're doing they don't know what they're doing to be honest they don't know what they're doing anyway to close out this show i could say something uh as far as one individual that passed away yesterday at the age of 79 was pat patterson now 
Pat Patterson, I remember seeing him for the first time back in 1978-79 when he's feuding with Ken Patera. And he was the first intercontinental champion. Uh, and I mean, it was the North American title, but WWF at that time made it seem like uh, Pat Patterson went to Rio de Janeiro and won some tournament and brought back the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, he was definitely famous for him being in the color commentary with um, Vince McMahon in the early stages of WWF. He also, I, I, my friend Mike just told me and remind me of when Sergeant Slaughter first came to WWF and he was challenging anybody who could get out of the Cobra Clutch. I remember watching that when Pat Patterson ch uh, challenged um, he challenged Sergeant Slaughter to getting out of the Cobra Clutch and I remember it was like 11 o'clock at night, probably 12 uh, Channel 9, they used to give WWF wrestling and Pat Patterson challenged Sergeant Slaughter to get out of his Cobra Clutch and he did get out and him and Sergeant Slaughter had this tremendous view back in 1983-84 uh, uh, it was tremendous, so Pat Patterson also was the guy who was the original uh, mastermind of creating the Royal Rumble. Yes, he was the first guy who came up with that, that gimmick, 1988. Uh, he it was, and a lot of people did not know this, he was the first uh, WWE superstar to be gay. Uh, a lot of people did not know this. A lot of people that uh, at that time... You know, uh, in that era, if you said that, that would have been a problem. People would disown you. People would talk bad about you in that era. And he hit it good. He never saw at that time. And during that time, a lot of these wrestlers did not sh share their personal business outside of the kayfabe that they did back then. But, you know, he was a pioneer. I mean, regardless whether he was gay, whether whatever, he brought a lot uh, of stuff to the wrestling business he was a tag team partner with ray stevens and for those who don't know who ray stevens is do google it that's all i can tell you because i could go sit down here and i could tell you story about ray stevens also uh so he was a tag team partner with ray stevens in san francisco in the early 60s and 70s so you know pat patterson was also part of Vince mcmahon stooges along with gerald briscoe back in in the attitude era uh, so you guys could check pat patterson's Resume, this guy was a legend. Um, unfortunately, he died at 79. Um, it's, now it was, it's funny, not long ago, I saw him, I think, in, I think in some show where he became the 24-7 champion. I think it was last year or something. But 79 years old, the guy brought a lot of, a lot of good memories in my, to me, especially the Campatero few he had, the Sergeant Slaughter few he had. I mean, and the commentary. I mean, you wake up in the morning on Saturdays, the morning Saturdays or the evening Saturday night, and you hear him with Vince McMahon as color commentator back in the day. So, may you rest in peace, Pat Patterson. Thank you for all the good memories, and hope that you rest in peace. So, this is the end of the show, guys. And again, uh, this show is partnered with Fanatics. The Jokes on the Wrestling Report is a partner of Fanatics. So, if you guys, again... The um, football season is still going. The NBA is about to start. So if you guys want to go and 
go to my YouTube, I'm not YouTube, I'm sorry, my Twitter account, to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. You'll see a link there, and you hit the link, it'll take you to Fanatics, and you can check out all the uh, jersey apparels that they have there, the NBA, NHL, MLB, uh, NFL, every, even soccer they got. They, they got wrestling stuff there, they have the Undertaker's. Um, on, on limited edition autographs in there, so you guys, you wrestling fans, can go check that out. So again, you can click on the link on my uh, Twitter page, the Chokesland Wrestling Report. You'll see it, and you click it, and it'll get shows take you directly to the website. So uh, again, guys, if you want to find more information on me, go like I said, I'm on unhinchedsn.com, unhinchedsn.com. Um, I have a show there on mondays and friday from 12 to 1 um the unhinged sn.airtime.pro you can listen to the shows if you want to listen to other shows that i've done before you go to unhingedsn.com and hit the the logos and it take you directly to all the shows that i have also support the other podcasts in that website unhingedsn.com um so also you can find me apple spotify uh google podcast iHeartRadio. Uh, any major uh, podcast, uh, audio podcast that you guys like to hear your your show. So I'm everywhere, guys. Check it out. So um, again, good sh- good show last night with the AEW Dynamite. I will be back on Sunday with Behind the Curtain Wrestling Rumors and News, and we will talk more wrestling. Until then, guys, be safe with that mask and protect yourself, protect your family, and stay so- social distancing six feet apart. Until then. Have a good day.